passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. That's right. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to Door Bumper Clear, presented by OfferPad. I'm Brett Griffin. We made it back from a long day at Texas and have a lot to discuss. We'll talk the tire debacle, Byron spinning Hamlin under caution, demolishing Texas, and what to expect at Talladega. Here we go. The best on the stand and the best in the booth. Stumbling the Monday to tell you the truth. Giving the opinions and breaking the rules. Get called to the holler to bring it to you. Casey, you pretty. Freddie, you fat. TJ, you suck. Ain't so bad. Jason is pacing, got a plate in this race, and if someone don't crash, and he's gonna go mad. Looking for Freddy, he's killing the bottle. Casey is making messes like a toddler. Tweet something stupid, then don't even bother. Brett's gonna block you like TJ is his spotter. See them online, throw FF in the chat. Tell Rick where to stay off the track. All of the podcasts are living in fear. This isn't the download, it's door bumper clear. Nah, don't get it twisted, baby. This isn't the download, nah. This is door bumper clear. Go, I like it. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, spotter of the six cup car, had the 68 Xfinity car this weekend, and that's all. Hey, what's up? Brett Griffin, spotter for Colic Racing, another uh, P3 finish for us. Justin Haley drove a really good race in a scorching hot Texas Motor Speedway. Were you hot? I didn't. I was uh, hot. I didn't notice it was, it was that miserable. hot out. What's up? Freddie Kraft, spotter for Bubba Wallace and Landon Castle over the weekend, and I didn't have a good weekend in Texas, <laughs> aside from it being hot as hell. Uh, hi, Casey. Hey, guys. Casey Boat here. Clearly will be a very short show. Nothing to talk about today. Uh Hey, Jason. Hey, Jason Schultz, DBC producer. Also, Tyler Reddick, lookalike, big race winner. Texas was great. Congrats. Great race. Best race ever. Keep Texas the way it is. You survived Columbia, I see. I did. Yeah. Did, you guys, did you guys all come back with your phones and wallets and stuff? Yeah, we did. I was like, <laughs> I was, That's I was like, I could see how Freddie could have gotten lost. Freddie's you like, know, teach me your, your ways. Yeah, I didn't even know how you do that. Fans were a little cocky for the no, Gamecocks. no. Jason. I'm proud of him. Have you ever met a Gamecock fan before today? Oh, I didn't know one. Then I'm I like, did. oh, these are his people. You're like, I can sure, tell these are his people. Surely they can't all be ass like Brett, but you're <laughs> wrong. The 88,000 of me. So they're not changing the name, right? No. Okay. I saw the cockaboos. We saw <laughs> cocky. It was parents the weekend, cockpit? so cocky had his cocky parents there. So. We talked about they were changing their names, and the leading candidate was. It was Cock Commander, right? <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it's, the Sir Big Spur died. The chicken died. And the chicken owner like had a had some kind of weird trademark or something on the name. He didn't want any other chickens to be named Sir Bixper. So anyway, Sir Bixper is back. We're good. All right, good. All is well in Gamecock football. We actually won a football game. Thank God. 
But I'm fans are talking like they're going to Natty. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah, undefeated <laughs> rest of the year. Just like your recruiting class in five years, you're going to be unstoppable. <laughs> that, I was that's like, exactly how we live our lives. <laughs> so they're like five Dolphins years. fans right now because we should just give the Super Bowl to the Dolphins eight, right now. Eight, eight Saturdays, eight days a year, that place is rocking. I mean, you sell eighty-eight thousand tickets, something that's going to be fun. Eighty-eight thousand yeah. people is a lot in the stadium. A lot of people. No but. stories. No, we were very good people. Well, no. That sucks. That that yeah, town doesn't like kind of those kind of people. <laughs> that town yeah. likes people to come in and act like idiots. They, well, love, they love me. Which is why I go time to time. <laughs> Speaking of acting like idiots, we uh, we saw a lot of that this weekend in Texas. Jesus. Drivers, crew chiefs. Air, everybody. Yeah, what happened? Everybody acted like idiots. Yeah. I mean, first off, congrats to Tyler Reddick winning the race. I'm glad he survived. That Justin doesn't... Haley told us on the show last week Tyler was his guy. I and, know. He made he, sure he rubbed it he, in. And, and he, Tyler told me who to pick for DBC, and clearly that worked out well. So glad he had a great Whatever. And never pick yourself. Um, I don't even know where to start because I am. Um, she just woke up. Yeah. Not not to mention you were six minutes late. We were going to start the show without you. But you did a really good recovery. Like when you hit the door, you were in your chair with your headphone on. You didn't do that thing where you get your phone out and look at your hair for 10 minutes. <laughs> pluck your eyebrows and floss your teeth. <laughs> and, and it wasn't my fault. Somebody didn't show up when they were supposed to. Babysitter or Chad? Um, not Chad. Not a babysitter. Well, kind of. But. I'm not going to say names because she's doing me a favor. So anyways, how was Texas outside? Yes, you all know her. Oh, Hannah. How, oh, my gosh. How was Texas outside? It was outside? so obvious that quick. See, I should have been a detective. Did you see that look in what? her face? I think it was her. I should have been. A no, it was wasn't that. Yeah, it was definitely was wasn't her. But that look she gave you was classic, though. Who's that? What? <laughs> how was Texas, Casey? Texas was uh, hot. Um, I mean, the, the racing was completely insane. Um, I don't think you could ask for more, two more insane races than what we put on this weekend. I mean, crash fest, tire drama, driver drama, everything, playoff drama. Like if you're if if you're a race fan and your favorite driver crashed, uh, like mine did on Saturday, it's easy to be upset, but. If, if everybody thought we were going into Texas and going to see a really boring, no storyline, drama-free weekend, holy cow, were you wrong? You're yeah, an idiot if we you got thought that. more stories out of Texas for probably two I shows. Mean, how about the rain delay where it was literally just a blob over the track the entire time? It never time. even rained hard enough. Yeah. Honestly, it was, it was lightning. Light. It was lightning. It was lightning. There was one lightning strike. Well, there was actually more there than one. There was a couple, though. yeah. I mean. Yeah. We were under delay for, I don't know. Felt like ever. It was 56, 56 minutes. Yeah. I was praying during the delay. I was. Somebody told me uh, praying cures everything. I was like, you don't know what I'm praying for. You better be careful saying that. <laughs> I thought, My prayers aren't always good for people. I thought grapes <laughs> cured everything for you. <laughs> grapes also cured things. Uh, I would have loved to have somebody well, feed what me grapes. What were you praying yesterday. for? <laughs> grapes. He was playing for I was, grapes. <laughs> okay. I'm just going to say it very bluntly. Yeah, go for it. I was f***ing hot. Okay. It was a hot weekend on Saturday uh, I didn't run completely out of water, but my last water that was in my bag was too hot to drink. Um, we didn't have any water. We didn't have any shade. Thank God NASCAR saved us on yesterday because they had us a gigantic cooler of water. And I, I bet every caution came out and there were 16 of them. I think I drank a bottle of water and I got under Kevin Hamlin's little umbrella thing. He had like a little station set up on his little spotter bag where he zip tied an umbrella to a rail to a something else. And anyway, I'd go over there and get in the shade, man. It just, it was one of those weekends where the air wasn't really moving and it was just freaking hot. And, and I don't 
understand for the life of me why when it's going to be over 90 degrees, we do not have a temporary structure that can be put up with four poles and a nice little sheet of cloth to give us shade. Because here's, here's what we're fussing about. Not only is it hot, but we're standing on aluminum. And if you've ever been to snow ski, you know the reflection off the snow of the sun will burn you to death. It'll fry you. We, so we've got it coming from both ways. It's hot. Sun's beating down on us. And then it's bouncing off the aluminum we're standing on, it's glaring in our faces. So I just, man, I wish one of these track owners, which realistically, it's NASCAR and SMI. They own the majority of the places. Get together and, and give. Look, I'm, I'm not going to be doing this much longer. Give these guys a break. It's freaking hot. Give them shit. We're the only people in the entire place that can't get out of the sun. Everybody else can. I really, really, really appreciated both days when Tim Berman would come on the radio and tell the spotters, hey, spotters, just so you know, um, there is a cooling station behind Victory Lane for all your guys on pit road. If you need you guys go ahead and just let them know about that. And I was like, yeah, no problem, Tim. I'm up here baking in the sun, but I'll be sure to let everybody on pit road know they've got a trailer they can go to to cool down. I'll tell you what, what's nice is like Bristol for the last several years has given us somewhere to go before and like leaves between in practices or something happens in a race, you have somewhere to go that's close to the... Yeah, there's a lot, and Atlanta does the same thing. There's a lot of tracks have kind of are. Yeah, with and that it might not bit. be the biggest and best area, but it's no, better it's than something. a stairwell. And it's got air conditioning. And it, that's it, all that really matters. You know, we get this lightning deal. All right, you know, head, okay, guys, head to the stairwell. Yeah, you're in Darlington. You get a lightning delay. Where do you want us to go, bud? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. there's nowhere to go. Look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just lay this out there. I wouldn't want to be a crew chief this morning. I wouldn't want to be a driver. Would you want to be a driver this morning? No. I would not want to be a NASCAR executive this Did morning. Did I wreck or win? <laughs> well, I don't think it matters. Even if you want, Tyler's probably got a headache. You don't want to be him either. <laughs> he damn sure has got a headache. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to be a NASCAR executive because they've got their hands full on a lot of different notes, right? Uh, and Tom. I damn sure don't want to be a Goodyear guy. Oh, they talk to him. We'll talk about it. Yep, don't you worry. I promise you there's a lot to talk about. But I don't know enough about it to really speak to it. And it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Well, that's not uncommon for All you. All right, well, just do you know what I miss. <laughs> you know what I miss? Interliners. Yeah, yeah. Because it seemed like before you could feel the tire going down and actually get low out of the way. Before now, you can almost tell right before it blows because see the sparks come out of the back of the car. Like it's too you can late. See, oh, they're going. Yeah. yeah. There's no help. Like you said, interliners not there. Yeah. Um, you yeah. don't feel it. No, nah, it's going like it's, it's going. just like a back in the day when you'd have that random that random tire pop, it'd be gone. I'm gonna tell you, man. I, I there was a wreck where um, Busher wrecked coming out of four, and where I stand on the spotter stand and the color of his car and the color of the resin and the wall and the asphalt and all that. Like NASCAR said, turn forward. I looked and I couldn't find the car. Yeah, he was up against the wall. I couldn't. I was, he was like, behind the fence. I was like, hey, they're saying there's a car out here, but I don't. I don't see it, even though I get paid to see it. That was uh, that was it's, a challenging it's wreck. Tough sometimes when you have when you're trying to look like just imagine going like if you're for the, somebody sitting at home listening, like go to a baseball game and try to look through a fence, but look through the fence like at a, oh, at a at ninety angle. degree angle. Yeah, you can't. You know, do you it. can't see through it. So that's kind of what happened there. He was up against the wall, and you're kind of looking through the fence like back towards turn four and I didn't I never saw I mean I saw him eventually but like if it was if we were right behind him it would have been tough to see you know oh I see turn four I hear him say turn four but what yeah. and then uh, he pops out from you know he gets further down the front straightaway you can finally see him there were 16 times yesterday for us to be challenged as spotters and another one was I was uh we're, we're tasked with a lot of things these days because a lot of spotters have the SMT on the roof I do not 
Uh, and then obviously we have our phones, which we all use a manufacturer app to look at what lap we're on, what lap times there are, how many laps to go. There's a lot of information that we get there. But I had we were running really fast, like three tenths faster than everybody in front of us. I think we caught like Logano or somebody, and we slowed down four tenths. So I was trying to look and figure out like what the hell is going on. I look up and Ricky Stenhouse is just flat out decided to wreck. And I'm like, A, I don't know who that is wreck. And B, I don't know where I'm at in correlation Jeez. to this wreck. So I just keep up saying, Good luck, I hope you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, Boy, Justin saw it. You, you right could only look down at your lap times while your phone was working because half the time, so especially hot. on Saturday, my phone yeah. would just be up. Sorry, too hot to use. I have to stick in my pocket. Yeah. But, my bag. but service worked really well, just so you know. So, oh, did we yeah, have, we have, yep. we luckily have Wi Fi on the roof, so I don't. Yeah. I don't notice it as much. Wi-Fi has been a lifesaver during those races. Oh, yeah. but what we need for technology. Oh, but then you have the huge the temperature issue that oh. causes it. So. Yeah, your phone shuts down. After Whoever the Wi-Fi guy is for us. I would like to give him a tip at the end of the year. So if you want to come find me, I'll give you a tip. And I'd also like to give you an offering to go buy some to build shade. Because you're already up there setting stuff up. You might as well throw four poles and some cloth up. I mean, the, the Wi-Fi has been, has been awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's been a game changer for us because we normally struggle. To Imagine get how much info. of a game changer it would be if the fans all had Wi-Fi. <laughs> they could post about their experience and, and more people great could race. I told a NASCAR executive six years ago, seven years ago, we were sitting in an elevator shaft at Michigan, and he came up and sat down beside of me, and I was like, I'm going to tell you something. You got a lot of problems around here. Your number one problem is we don't have Wi-Fi and our phones don't work. And he was like, we do have a lot of problems. That ain't even in the top ten. I was like, mm, nope, you're missing it, but that needs to be your number one priority to get people service. And here we are. We still don't have service. Must have been the last seat in the room. Yeah, they're all gone. <laughs> All right, well, I feel like we're going to cover a lot of this in Spot on Spot Off. So before we head there, let's hear a little bit more about our amazing presenting sponsor, OfferPad. It's time for you to make a big life move, and we're here to help. We know the right people. Our friends at OfferPad, they make the home selling process easier than ever before. It takes less than five minutes to get started. Just log on to OfferPad.com and complete the form about your home. You'll answer some basic questions about your home and that will allow OfferPad to create your competitive cash offer. Within 24 hours, OfferPad will send you that offer and you'll be one step closer to getting your move on. And selling with OfferPad comes with perks too, like selling without listing, no showings, picking your own closing day, and a free local move. You want to sell your home fast? Then you got to do it with OfferPad. We're headed to race in Talladega this weekend, and OfferPad has a market nearby in Birmingham. If you want to live closer to Talladega and see us race twice a year, here's a great option. And when asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. Spot on, spot off. It goes like this. Spot on means you agree. I'm spot on. Are you joking me? He's lost his mind. Oh, and by the way, no one ever seems to agree. And then spot off means you disagree. Spot off. Uh, here we f-ing go. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But if you're TJ, um, uh, uh, there's only one correct answer. I don't know. It's time for Spot On, Spot Off. First topic, Goodyear says no excuses for Texas tire issues, but lists aggressive team air pressures. 
changing track conditions and the resin as reasons. Spot on, spot off. Freddie. Well, I thought it was interesting that he said that there's no excuses right after he gave about four or five excuses and none of them were Goodyear. <laughs> um, listen, I'm going to be honest. I still think this is on the teams. I think this, I mean, it's obviously they're both playing a part in it, but I think the, the maybe a, a little bit more than the majority of the blame lays on the teams. And I seen a little bit, I seen Rodney's comments on it this morning and he basically uh, is admitting that like the, the, they're saying that, these teams are lowering the air pressure in these tires to get the diffuser down, to get the diffuser to optimal uh, downforce. And we've said it on here before, if these teams figure out a way to go faster, even if it's not safe, they're going to try it, you know, and they're going to, they're going to push the limits as far as they can. And it's just a risk versus reward situation. You're going to go faster with lower air pressure and your diffuser down. You might blow a tire. There's no coincidence that just about everybody we've seen blow a tire yesterday was leading the race. Um, so, you know, that there's that. They, they, they claim the resin. Obviously, speeds had picked up. You know, after the rain delay, we were going a lot faster because of cool temperature. Um, and then to Rodney's other point was this was all happening in three and four. The two different style corners, you know, you, you got try to get your car as low as possible for max downforce on one and two, but now you've got a higher speed corner in three and four that you're kind of hauling ass through, and that's where we saw – I think all of the issues, Cole Custer blew a tire in turn one. I think everybody else was yeah. either entry to three or exit of four. Um, so listen, I think this is still on the teams. You know, I think obviously Goodyear needs to work with them to make sure that they know like you can't go below. We used to have, I feel like we used to have an air pressure deal. Like you go below this air pressure, but you're done. Like that's, that's the minimum air pressure. And, and for whatever reason, we don't have that or, or teams are just not obeying by it. And I, that, that's the issue. The, the, the issue seems like it's just low air pressure. I think we talked about this, Brett, for, for to you. Uh, yesterday, Freddie, you know, a lot of the times I noticed that manufacturers all have issues like last week and it was for this weekend. I feel like it was a lot of Toyotas. Is it because all the teams are working on those tire, lower tire pressures or is there something else to it? I'm not a tire guy. I'm not a crew chief, but I only have the ability to know what they tell me. And I talked to a crew chief last night, and I said, and his car did not blow any right side tires. It had no problems. Okay. I said, is this a Goodyear issue? And he said, 100%. So he disagrees with everything that Freddie just said from a standpoint of liability. Now, with that said, I spoke to another crew chief this morning. And the biggest question I asked him is, we're headed to two more mile and a half. We have Vegas coming up, and we have Homestead coming up is their concern leading into those two races? And he said, 100%. Having spoke to a third crew chief and some drivers, I feel like the liability here is across the board. I feel like NASCAR needs to listen to a guy like Rodney in terms of letting teams not be limited in the areas where they're limited. Um, I feel like Goodyear, look, we saw a lot of left side tire problems to start the year. Those went away. Well, how do you think that happened? Somebody spent money and somebody fixed it. Now you got right side tire problems, which is actually arguably more dangerous. Oh, 100%. More dangerous. So just good, I, th I think you've got to have a table just like this, the one we're sitting at. And you got to have a NASCAR guy at the table. you got to have a competition guy at the table like a Greg Zipidelli, a Brian Patty, somebody that's been there, done that for many years, understands all the different dynamics as it pertains to racing. And then you've ultimately got to have Goodyear sitting there. Um, I, I do not think – Freddie thinks it's majority on the teams. I would agree with that, 
if we were seeing it happen in different scenarios. The fact that you got the lead and you went the fastest, when are you going to run the fastest? It doesn't matter who you are. Out lead. front. You're going you're gonna to run the fastest you run all night when you got the lead. And when you got the lead, you blew a tire. And it didn't matter what manufacturer you were. Um, it didn't matter what driver you were. Um, and, and it just The lap a, count was almost identical. 33 to 38 laps. Look, the, look mm-hmm. out. That's, that's just the way it was. So to me, um, I, think, I, I think you have to – there's just too many variables to say what's wrong, but it seems in this scenario that everybody's wrong, and they better get it figured out because these guys are already fussing about how hard these hits are in these cars, um, and we don't – I mean, Chase Elliott's comments were, were on point. I mean, they were spot on. He was like, it, it doesn't really matter to me. I just hope nobody gets hurt. TJ. Um, spot off. I think it's a mixture of both because teams are always going to be aggressive. And, but the weird part is, is you think throughout the race, you see an issue start. You think guys would, you know, back off it a little bit. And I don't know. I like, you still see it kept 35 or 35 or slaps and you still, somebody was popping a tire and it was always a guy near the front most of the time because they're running so fast. And as the track cooled off it got even faster there for a while before we got the lightning delay it was getting it was getting faster and faster and faster one and two was being covered with shade and it just wasn't everything was adding up to to not for a bad scenario but i don't know how i don't know how you fix it but i mean if you're a crew chief and you're a driver i would not want to be the crew chief yesterday if if you're a crew chief and or driver though and you know this situation is happening you're going to do everything that you can to not blow a tire. That's what we did. We kept putting, we kept pitting and putting tires on. We were talking about putting 14 lappers on at one point because it had less laps just to, you know, and we played the safe route. I know I was nervous for Tyler and them. If you're a crew chief and you ran all the practice and two thirds of the race at the same air pressure with no problems, do you expect to go into the final third of the race and not have a problem? You yeah. would think that you'd expect it, but you also have to account for the fact that you're going to be going faster and yeah. you might have, you know, you might have an issue like that. That's their job. You know, their job is to know that keep up with the race. The one thing that we, the crew chief's job is during the race is to call the race, know when to pit and keep up with the racetrack. And if you know, we're getting ready to pick up speed, you know, you might be at a higher risk and you have to factor that in. I think the hard part is if in that scenario, if it existed and you ran your practice and you ran two thirds of the race and they tell you all day, Hey man, the tires, your tires look great. Your tires look great. Boom. Tire failure. I just don't know how, I don't know how you can, I don't know how you can manage that. I, I, I truly, I don't, I don't know how I, I, I was worried about Tyler TJ to your point towards the end of the race. Cause that was one of the longest green flag runs. I thought for sure. He had like 70 end. laps on his left side. Yeah. Tires, so. yeah. Uh, that, that's kind of, that's kind of my point. <laughs> like, there's guys that ran the whole race, didn't have an issue. You know, some of the, like Tyler, for example, and then some guys had issues. He was back and once he got the lead, he slowed his pace down a little bit. Yeah. He didn't go. It's. Just, I mean, it's just, listen, when I say I put majority on the teams, I'm talking, we're talking 51-49 here. This is very even. You know, the tire has to be better, but the teams can do them can do a lot to help themselves at the same time. They don't wear out. The tire doesn't wear out. No, it, I mean, I'm just going to say, if I'm a fan yesterday, here's what I saw. Your tire doesn't wear out because these guys are going faster and faster as the run goes on, and they don't last. That's what I'm going to see as a fan. I'm not going. And you know what? As a fan, I don't give a about all this other technical stuff. All I want to know is 
Why is that tire popping? And why does it last? Why doesn't it fall off? That's what I'm saying. So I think I think Goodyear needs to be more. Look, man, there's. And sitting, I think that that would. I think that would help. Like if the tire fell off, we wouldn't be going as fast. Duh, and, yeah. and, you know, like yeah. the, if you just make the damn thing wear out, then then they won't be going as fast, and we won't be at such high speed at lap thirty. But they're going to push it to the limits. You know, like the 14 had to be on course at the end of the race yesterday, and he looked like it. But I mean, if they're on course, that's they're wearing that. We tire. saw it. We saw it at the end of the Xfinity race. Um, who was it? AJ stayed out, and I know I think he, yeah, he had, he felt like he had to back his pace way down because he felt like his right front tire was coming apart. And that was, I mean, I don't know how long that was—60, 80 laps, something but, like that, maybe. But but that's to me, that's how. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Like yeah, that. maybe you shouldn't win as hard a few laps, but he was stretching it too. Though. Yeah, he, he was, ran hard. He didn't put tires on a less bit. Yeah, he was stretching it. It's but almost like right. you. I mean, we talk about on here. You want the driver to have to manage the tire, and and typically that 100%. means typically that means you're managing the tire to actually have grip at the end of the run. Now it's like you you got to manage the speed so that the tire don't blow up at the end of the run. Yeah, it's uh, not the management that I would look for. Not the management that I want to see our sport go in that direction. So. If I'm a, like I said, if I'm a Goodyear executive, NASCAR executive, a crew chief or a driver, I'm pretty stressed out this morning. I mean, obviously they can keep working on it because they've fixed things. We've made progress in the beginning of the year with everything, wheels, tires, everything. I mean, can you imagine that group chat, the NASCAR Cup Series driver group chat today? Because those guys saw all their buddies and some people they don't like hit the wall and hit the wall hard. Um, I mean, we heard radio communications where some of those guys who didn't even hit hard from the roof were saying, ow, like that was a, that there was a really hard There were a few drivers after the race I was, who mentioned they had headaches. I mean, and they barely hit. Shouldn't, doesn't Jason have access to that group chat? The driver group chat? Yeah. Oh yeah, I do. I do. They were all saying, congratulations, Tyler. But what you, but you got, you got drivers in the garage and this, I mean, this has always been this way. You got a guy like Noah Gragson who is willing to buckle up and go race no matter what, right? And you got guys that have kids. You got, got guys that are married. But I'll tell you something. Having worked with a driver and having a driver that is one of my best friends, they know when they buckle up in that race car and they put that helmet on, there's a chance they're not coming back. And they accept that. And it is really hard for people to hear that and swallow that. But I'm telling you right now, every one of those guys that climb in those cars, they know there's a chance they're not coming back. But we've gotten immune to the death part of it because it's been 20-plus years. And now, based on what these guys are feeling with their bodies when they hit, they're scared to die again. Or they're making it publicly known they're scared to die. That's another topic. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. Let's well, talk about it. <laughs> on that note, moving on to another hot topic from the race yesterday, NASCAR doesn't penalize William Byron for spinning Denny Hamlin under caution. After the race, NASCAR says we had no eyes on the situation. Spot on, spot off, TJ. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you can spot on that. That's kind of, I mean, if racing door to door, bumping somebody, maybe getting into them and and sending them up the racetrack in a corner is one thing, but like under yellow, I don't think there's a place for that under yellow to wreck somebody. They, so, all they had to do was check with their social media department because they had a video of it up 10 minutes later. I, I mean, mean, it might have been 15 minutes every later. Every car has an in-car camera. When the guy, the yellow's clearly out in the middle of three and four and he gets to him and you hear the motor rev up to hit him, I don't know what else you would need. I mean, listen, the, 
they literally posted a video of it. NASCAR. NASCAR themselves posted a video of William driving through the back of Denny, and then they come out and say, we didn't see it. Yeah, there's enough cameras around that place. You can see the the <laughs> throttle up. And like I said, there's telemetry on these cars. Casey, you Casey you're, not, you're not going to brown nose your way out of this one for them. I have to tell you. <laughs> no, no, I was, no, was going to say, I was watching uh, Martin's interview with Sirius this morning on YouTube, and he was during the interview, he looked on the screen and he saw, he's like, why is Denny like doing donuts on the front stretch? <laughs> like obviously something went wrong. There. So Denny paint a picture for maybe some of you guys who didn't, didn't see what happened. Denny and William were racing. Denny, uh, squeeze William, William scrubbed the wall. Um, no contact made. No, no contact made. No contact. It looked like it was close. Okay, maybe they barely touched. Yeah, I mean, no, regardless, it wasn't anything malicious. We've already proved at Darlington, the first Darlington, that a little bit of scrubbing equals wreck. So now here we go. There's a caution that comes out for a wreck. Um, and in this same wreck, after the caution comes out, William Byron wrecks Denny Hamlin on the front stretch. Okay. Denny Hamlin at this point in time is running like second or third. He's going to line up, have a good night, right? He's now competitive. He's now wrecked. This is where the whole thing goes awry. He's wrecked. He's mad. He comes out, I'm going to say about 16th, 18th is where he blends up. Where does he drive to? Second. He drives all the way from wrecked to second. What does he do when he gets up there? Does he... Does he Shows very much his pleasure. Does he bump... <laughs> William Byron? Firstly, I think he brake checked him. Does he swerve at William Byron? Does he brake check William Byron? For NASCAR to say they don't have eyes on this is asinine. It, it can't even be true. Now, let's go a step further. Do you think that Denny Hamlin, Denny Hamlin's spotter, and Denny Hamlin's crew chief are upset that they've lost their spot in the lineup? I'm sure. Okay, they're upset. We can all I agree, agree on that. The caution was out. Okay, so as a spotter, do you go to the official and do you ask the official to get you help on getting you lined up correctly because you got wrecked under caution? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I so there's more tires all night. So there is one communication source from the roof to the to to NASCAR that's to say, hey, we have a question, we have a problem. Can you look at this? Okay, so there's one thing now. Did, did the, the official call it into NASCAR? I don't know. Did the spotter go to NASCAR and ask them to? Yes. So if that communication broke down, whose fault is that? That's NASCAR's. Okay, now let's go to step two. Step two is every crew chief has a private chat on their computer to the NASCAR tower. So if they need something or NASCAR needs something from them, boom, you've got mail pops up and they can talk to each other. Do you think that Chris Capehart sent a message to the tower and said, hey, will you please look at where we're lined up? We got wrecked under caution. I'm sure he said something. Yeah, I would, it might I not have been. So. <laughs> I'm not sure it was that nice, but I'm sure. There's it was no so. way you just get you take that and just be, be OK with it. OK, so now we got two things, two communi- two communication things that have happened. Guess what? Don't tell me you don't have eyes on it. If the spotter did his job and the crew chief did his job, it tells me you didn't do your job. So, so a and so now back to your point. Do we have in car cameras in all these playoff cars? I think we have in car camera in every it's car. Every car yes. now. So guess what? You now have footage to go look at. Does NASCAR have access to SMT? Uh, that I don't know. I don't know either, but they probably do. What they do have is TV replays because, as you said, their social media team decided to share it with the whole world. So it was on the big screen. So <laughs> did you know that it happened and you didn't know what to do? Or did you know that it happened and you come out and, and said you didn't know that it happened? 
or did you truly not know that it happened? Because in all three scenarios, who's in the wrong? Like my my big thing is there's two things here that I'm gonna harp on is like if you didn't know that William ran him over, what did you think happened? Did you think Denny Hamlin just because we saw it with with Cole uh, Custer early in the race, he blew a tire and wrecked under caution in turn one. But that was a blown tire. He hit. Like, he wrecked. hit. Yeah, he, he blew a tire and then wrecked. Um, Denny, if if Byron didn't touch him, would have had to just spin out under caution on the straightaway. Like, that's I, – I, I say he's great all the time. I think he's good enough to not spin out by himself on the straightaway. So, you know, you, you have you have all this footage. You obviously had the footage because you tweeted it 15 minutes later. We have the technology to And I guarantee right. if, if I looked and the yellow came out and to the, from the time the yellow came out to the time the video went out was about 14, 15 minutes. I'm sure it was maybe a couple minutes after we went green because I think when I, the next tweet I looked at was Tyler Reddick takes the lead, which was on the restart, and that was about the same time the video came out. Um, so, listen, the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this is you, you've set the precedent. Ron Hor- uh, Kyle Busch wrecked Ron Hornaday under yellow. He got suspended. Johnny Sauter spun out Austin Hill at Iowa in 2019 under yellow. He got suspended. Surely they're going to be consistent and suspend William Byron, right? No yeah. way. No chance. No chance. He's no chance. He's suspended. But I don't listen. We could we could go on. This could be a two hour show in and of itself. How do you come out and say you didn't have eyes on this when I just told you your people had eyes on it? Your your industry people had eyes on it. Your your officials had 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 they were aware of it. The message board guys aware. The 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 spotter. Listen, I don't know who he talked to, but he talked to one of them. There's two officials up there with us. So if that spotter, if that official didn't call it in then they have a problem. But if but if you, you cannot come out and say you weren't aware of this because you were made aware on multiple levels. I mean, yeah. You and had, you had the means to do some investigative work to figure out what was going on before you up in pit road. But regardless of that, regardless of that, here's the bigger can of worms. We're at Phoenix, and TJ is running. Let's don't use TJ because he ain't TJ a good, is running make it. 25th. He ain't a good news. <laughs> I'd prefer not to be in this equation. Let's say actually. that Joey Logano is is running first, and a caution comes out, and Ryan Blaney is 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 running third, and in the middle is a pickle with William Byron, right? So so the first two are in the playoffs; they're competing for a championship. The caution comes out, and Ryan Blaney just runs over, runs over P two, takes William Byron completely out of the race. Oh, now Joey Logano's got an easy championship win. That that is that is the can of worms that has opened up here. Is are we going to allow drivers to wreck other drivers under yellow with no penalty? I does Denny Hamlin deserve to get his spot back? I don't know the answer to that question because he lost his spot. He did not maintain race speed, but it wasn't his fault. Now, should Denny Hamlin be allowed to drive back up there and and do all the things that he did to William Byron? No, he 100% should not be able to do that. You're telling me they didn't see that on their 42 monitors that so they have the in the So what's the penalty, though? And on the back stretch. What should the penalty be? I just told you what the penalty is. No, Thrown out of the race and suspended for a week. But does the other guy get his spot back? No, I don't think he should get his spot like back. Like, you're a Phoenix. Does he care about being suspended the next week? Because there is no next week. Does, does he care is, about There being, is a next week. It's the Daytona 500. Well, I don't. I mean, there, there's no way that carries over. Um I don't know, man. To me, you send William Byron to the back, and and Denny Hamlin is stuck where he's at, which sucks for him. But I mean, you you that's the way the race played out. But but you know what they did? Nothing. Not a damn thing. 
they, they didn't they, do nothing. They did. They it, tweeted. No, they they did come out and say that they are evaluating potential like penalties for this one, and then I believe there's another incident on pit road that there could be penalties in the future, like such as tomorrow. Oh, the, the pit but road does deal. that? Yeah. Does that? Do you feel as though that makes a huge difference as far as the, well the impact of the race yesterday doesn't? But. I just I'm upset that it's not a plausible explanation. I didn't have eyes on it. We were not aware. We didn't know this was going on. Uh, bull. It's kind of like saying there was 47 cars bearing down on. Yeah, Christopher I was Bowe just going to bring that up. Yeah, he was down out of the way, but they were going to. I I could not do Scott. Meanwhile, Miller's I can't job get because down. Scott Miller is an awesome dude, very intelligent guy. He's done a lot of different things in this sport and done well with all of it. Richard Childress Racing, Michael Watch Racing, so forth, so on. I could not be that guy that has to go out there and look at all those media people and say something that. I don't know. I have to go, Jason. Get out, TJ. Um, do you want my pick? Oh, yeah, your pick. I'll right. give my Xfinity X5 more than fast moment. It'll be our PR guy for getting Brad to the portage on before everyone else with the rain hit. Brandon good Lee. Good work. That's a good uh, job. Yeah, he did a really good job. I was talking to him on the radio, and he can't talk back, so it was even more fun. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with Ryan Blaney as my pick as well. That's a good pick. He got me a win last well, week. Well, I nailed it this week with Kyle, so. Good job. Yeah. You going to your meeting to talk about how your guy wasn't clear? Is that where you're going? No, that's how my guy got run over by AJ. Thanks, idiot. <laughs> Is that your one idiot before you leave? <laughs> Who's, your idiot? Who's your idiot? Talking to the mic. Can't leave without oh. an idiot. <laughs> you know, I I got to give it with the, I mean, you got to, I got to give it to Byron for doing that under caution like that. And I'm not sure he meant to do that, but. You know, to me, you just lower, you just put yourself in the same, from Darlington earlier this year, you, now you're now you're that level. You were above that level before, but now you're that level. Like, you had a one-up, now it's gone. Like in Mario, and you hit the little question mark and get the mushroom, you're one-up, now you're down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Should they do something to him? I mean, I don't know. I'll let you answer that. <laughs> We've already seen William struggles with retaliation. Yeah. Remember, where's that Watkins Glen where he destroyed his car trying to yeah. run into Kyle, I think it was? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, Brett, they can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And, and there's really no shame these days in, in, in getting help when you need it. It can, man. And you got to be careful and uh, you don't want to carry that around by yourself. That's where these guys come in handy. Whether you've been in therapy uh, or new to the process, BetterHelp will give you the tools and to positive thinking and coping skills and how to manage those boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy is not just for those with major traumas. You know, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out one brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bumper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bumper. Where were we now that the dead weight's been dropped? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the real stuff now. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. But that's about off. After blowing a tire while leading, Martin Truex Jr. says, Jason, you want to read? Martin Truex Jr. said in his interview after breaking, I don't even know what to say between crappy parts, tires exploding, and all the bull we're dealing with. It's a joke. There are a lot of people, there's a lot of people who make a lot of money to do this and get this stuff right. That's all I'm going to say about it. 
Brett, spot on, spot off. Uh, I'm spot on for his comments. I'm spot off for the fact that we have gotten to where we got. But the, the thing is, man, when you look at a business um, and, and as a race team, these guys were able to have their own infrastructure to build cars and parts. And now everything, including the tire gun that you use, is an outside vendor chosen by NASCAR. So unfortunately, when you take the the supply chain and you control it, you have to own the responsibility of that. And they control who the tire manufacturer is. Goodyear pays a lot of money to come in and be the tire manufacturer of NASCAR. Teams pay, oh my gosh, each team's tire bill for the weekend was probably over $20,000 yesterday. Teams pay an astronomical amount of money to those tire companies. But then when you look at the car itself now, um, NASCAR has got a lot of liability and responsibility in who builds what and how they get it. So they're on the hook for this. Yeah, I mean, this has just been – this has been coming. I mean, we've seen Martin stand there flipping off his – you know, everything under the hood of his car last week when the power steering, their their rack, the seal blew out of their rack and they ended their race. Unfortunately, the same thing happened to us at Bristol and it happened to us again yesterday. Uh, we ran 220 of 334 laps with little to no power steering. But that was fun. Um, yeah, luckily it was only 100 degrees. Uh, but, you know, it, it's just, listen, I, I don't even know where to go with it. You know, I get the frustration. I get it. Um, I, I understand last week you could definitely be frustrated with them again, tires, maybe you have to take a little bit of the blame yourself, but it's just, you know, Rodney talks about it. You know, you're, you're at the limitations of what NASCAR is letting you do. And these, the thing that I think the thing that's most frustrating to all these crew chiefs is they know how to fix all these problems and they can't because of the limitations they're under from NASCAR and had like these shock limiters that, that that Rodney was talking about in his tweet, you know, he's saying basically if you get rid of these things, we can naturally lower the car without having to lower the air pressure. So now we can get stuff where we want it and 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 not ha- and run a higher air pressure to make it more safe for the tires, but where do you stand on that? You know, is that is that a NASCAR problem or is that a team problem? Is that, you know, does that what NASCAR wants? NASCAR doesn't want you low in the back of the car. They want you to run a higher pressure and and be safer. I don't know where you stand with that, but obviously we're seeing a lot of issues and we talked about this all year. Like the, as the year goes on, these guys are going to figure out ways to go faster and they're going to figure out ways to kind of cheat the system and find gray areas on these limitations to make things better for themselves. And now you're discovering some of maybe the weaknesses of this car because guys are taking things in direction they're not supposed to. So I, I don't know where you stand on that. You know, NASCAR has got a box. They want to keep these guys in. These guys can can see that the box is is not right, and they're trying to get ways around it to make their stuff better. I, you know, I, I don't know, but we do we need to do better because we look pretty foolish the last couple of weeks. Well, I'd say the off season should be interesting to see what they what changes they make. Have you heard anything as far as progress or conversations that teams have been having with them? Uh, no, I mean I'm a spotter. Yeah, I don't hear anything. Count down the races, six to go. Joel Edmondson a tweet out yesterday, spots Rare Camarola. And he, did you see what he said? Uh-uh. He sent a tweet out last night. He said, uh, I don't want to misquote him. He said, how do you file a lemon law claim asking for several friends? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that was pretty funny. Joel, that, but that puts it in layman's terms. Like, uh, you know, I, I feel like I got a lemon out here. How do, I, how do I get a better car? So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. 
Joel's one of the best people to follow on Twitter if you don't already. I think it was at Fishing Spotter. Yeah, Fishing Spotter. You only got to follow him after about 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Noah Gregson says, I don't want to run any of the cup races the rest of the year after winning the Xfinity Series race. Spot on, spot off. If you're a Noah Gregson fan, you should be spot on because he is telling you exactly what's on his mind. So if you are a Noah supporter, you should be jumping up and down. If you're a uh, if you're a person on his cup team, you're spot off because there are several guys who work endless hours, long days, long nights, travel away from their families to go race. And the last thing they want to hear is a driver saying he's going to give you 80 to 90%. Um, so for, for me being a guy who thinks Noah is super talented, this just comes down to what do you want people inside of the garage to think about you? And what do you want people outside of the garage to think about you? And maybe you don't care, right? Maybe you legitimately could care less what any of them think and you don't have to worry about it. Um, outside of the sport, outside of the garage fence, I think it's uh, refreshing to see a guy tell you what's on his mind and be honest with you. But he's saying this because he doesn't want to wreck in this car. If, if, this, if this were the old car, I don't think Noah would have this approach. And he's obviously not on the show here to, today to talk about it. But one thing we do know is he, he said, he said, the next time I win, I'll come on DBC. And I think he's won every race since then. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good run. This this show, I mean, people should just be begging to get on here. He's tied now with Sam Ard for the most wins in a row. Right? In a row, yep. Yeah, um, he said that on here. You know, when he was on here, he said, I, I, "I'm scared to wreck that Cup car, and I don't run it as hard as I run the Xfinity car." The fact of the matter is, he has nothing to gain in the Cup Series this year, and he has everything to lose in the Xfinity Series. You, you, you're running for a championship, and we've seen Kurt. Listen, Kurt Busch is out for months now with a wreck that did not look that hard. I mean, he spun out and, and backed in the wall, uh, you know, coming up to speed on his qualifying lap. Um, so, you know, th- th- we don't know what's going to what's gonna knock a guy out and what's not. You know, uh, there's, there's no telling the one wrong shot. And listen, Noah has taken some big hits in his career. I remember Talladega last year, I think it was, he wrecked real bad. And, and um, so he knows kind of where his limits are at. And we saw, I mean, we talk about the safety of these cars. We saw Cody Ware yesterday. I mean, that thing, I don't know what happened in three and four, but it hung a hard right and he pounded. I mean, he broke the wall essentially. It was, it, the wall was um, distorted, you know, after he wrecked and then comes in wide, it seemed like wide open. I don't know if, you know, unfortunately, I don't know if he's unconscious or if the throttle hung because of the hard impact, but then he wrecked again on the inside wall in pit road, barely missing people, barely missing that corner of that wall, which. Thank God he did. Hopefully he's okay. We've seen him get out. We've seen him kind of go down and get taken to the hospital. Um, you never want to see that, but that's just another incidence of of this car. Just you know, these guys are are not simply walking away like we've been accustomed to them seeing do you know over the last whatever twenty years or so. So it's just you know, I just hope that there's something in the works. I hope there's something you know that the, these cars just have to the the drivers absorbing the contact, especially in the rear impacts um, for whatever reason. Hopefully you know. 2001, we became really safe, but unfortunately, that was a reactive move. We had guys, you know, three or four guys get killed in cars, and we reacted to it by making the sport much safer. Hopefully, moving forward, we can be proactive and get these things safer before somebody seriously gets hurt. Again, we're not reacting to that later on. So, 
I just think, I mean, it's kudos to Noah. You know, a lot of these guys are afraid to say what Noah's saying, um, whether it be PR reasons or sponsor reasons. Again, I agree with Brett. If I'm a sponsor or maybe a colleague racing, I'm not really thrilled to hear that Noah's going to go out there and, and give you 80%, but I don't blame him. You know, like he's, he cannot risk getting hurt and throwing away a chance at an Xfinity Series championship. You say that Noah has nothing really to gain by running in the Cup Series, but the Xfinity Series cars are completely different than the Cup Series cars. So if I were Petty GMS, I would want him to be getting as much experience as possible, right? So knowing that he doesn't want to run the car to prep for next year, I mean, that says something too. He doesn't want to wreck. Right. I think that's the, that's the thing that people need to hear. But what you don't want to hear as a competitor, um, do you want to be his engine tuner? Do you want to be his shot guy in the Cup Series? Do you want to be his crew chief right now and he's telling you he's going to give you 80 to 90%? I mean, no. Do you want to be a spotter? No. Do you want to travel all weekend for that? No. It's, but again, if you're a Noah fan, appreciate the genuineness here because he's being very transparent. He's being very transparent for the world to hear. And some people, it's, it's tough to swallow for some of the people that are hearing it. I'm proud of him, too, because I, I did not notice any puke on his fire suit when he got out of the car. He, 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 I, and it was white, so. <laughs> Maybe he chewed gum, finally. <laughs> Solid job. Uh, Kyle Larson says, I would like them to demolish the place first and start over from scratch when asked about fixing Texas Motor Speedway. Spot on, spot off, Freddie. I'll help him. Let's go. This is spot on. Uh, listen, the only thing worse than having to run a race at that surface yesterday that configuration was we had to run a 500 mile race at that configuration which god help us that should never happen again if we ever have to go back there um four hours and 20 plus minutes listen i've got a really really good idea for a configuration of that place i think anyway what is it what they had before like there was nothing wrong with that for 20 years except for the fact that it wouldn't dry fast you know like i don't understand why we had great racing there i thought and then we just went to this ridiculous reconfiguration where there's like 50 yards of racetrack we don't ever even consider using in one and two um you know i don't even i I mean there's got to be something done i think this i think there will be something done i don't know what it's going to be but i think that played a part in north wilkesboro getting the all-star race because now they have an entire year to go back and and change texas before we go back there um but i mean i don't know (laughs) i we used to put on really good races at texas similar to atlanta and and then we just changed the whole place and we have not hit our ass since then like I remember the first lap we went on the racetrack, Jamie McMurray was like the first guy out there. And the second he got like two feet off the white line, he spun right out. He go. And then Danny Hamlin followed him right then and there like a couple laps later and spun right out. The next hour of practice, we were at the start finish line making left turns and lifting out of the throttle. Um, so I, it's just there that I, if we're going to do something, I, I hope, I hope, hope, hope that we don't go to an Atlanta style track. But I, if I had to guess, I would assume that's what may be coming. I, hate to say the same thing I just said, but I'm going to have to. If you're a Kyle Larson fan, you should be spot on for what this guy said because he's being very transparent. If you are the owner of NASCAR, if you're the owner of Texas Motor Speedway, if you're trying to sell tickets, if you're trying to get more eyeballs, you have a past champion and one of the best drivers in the world saying, this racetrack sucks. Well, is that going to make people watch? And the thing is, is that going to make people buy a ticket? Is that good for the sport leading into the weekend where the race is at Texas Motor Speedway? No. So I am going to have to side with the fan in this situation and be spot off. 
because I don't think the timing of that. I think if he had said it after a wreck, after the race, this weekend, or this week, you know, whatever, but to say something that harsh while we're already there, ooh, that's, that's a black eye. To, not not on him. It's a black eye on the racetrack. Yeah, I was going to say. And we're just coming off of Bristol where our ratings were not great. So if I'm – I don't even know who runs the show anymore. Steve Phelps, Ben Kennedy, Steve O'Donnell, there's a bunch of them. The committee. If I'm the committee, I'm going to call Kyle, and I'm just going to say, hey, man, we love you. You're great. You're great for the sport. Please don't do that again. Just please come tell us the racetrack sucks. We won't do a damn thing about it, but just come tell us. <laughs> well, that that's might, why you said I, it. That might be the problem. I don't know. I to you know to Freddie's point. I don't think drivers want to see this turned into an Atlanta style racetrack because we don't even know how long Atlanta is going to stay an Atlanta style racetrack. Like it's going to wear. It's going to weather. The grip level is going to go away, and at some point, that package that we run down there that it tries to mimic a plate race. Um, it's not going to work there. So it's a shame because Texas is a great market. We've talked about that. Dallas is an awesome city. Fort Worth is an awesome city. We've got to have a presence there. Uh, I mean, we really, really do, especially when you look at, you know, we took away Road America. We took away a race in Joliet. Obviously, NASCAR doesn't go back to Iowa anymore. Like that whole Midwest right there, we've got to have a presence. And I hope they figure it out and hope they figure it out quick. But honest God, that race was not boring. I didn't see a boring race all weekend. I saw crazy races. I saw crazy races because tires were blowing and guys are wrecking. But when they were racing, the, the racing was terrible. Like you couldn't pass. Listen, like wherever you came out, you seen guys. We were everybody was on different tire strategies yesterday because people were panicking about putting tires on. And the thirty eight car, I, I, we were no power steering right around in the back and blew by him. The next thing I know, I look up, he's running third, and, and nobody near him. And I'm like, what the hell is going on up there? Like. I well, you know, I'm trying to follow along the race, but we're running in the back by ourselves half the time. And I'm like, Chase Briscoe, same thing. Blew by him in the back with no power steering. We're really, I mean, we're running like 75, 80% probably just trying to make sure Bubba's arms don't fall off. And we drive by him and I look up, he's running third. Um, so it's like, you know, these, the, 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 it's just, it's just not conducive to passing. It's, it's just, I didn't think it was a good race. What's the better chance we go there next year and it's a different configuration or the same one? I think there'll be some changes for sure. I don't know if it, I mean, it, there has to be, I think. I, I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, there has to be something different. What I don't, I don't understand, Jason, I'm not a civil engineer or whatever kind of engineer it takes to build roads and racetracks, but why in the hell can we not take Homestead as great as it is with a progressive banking and Bristol as great as it is with a progressive banking to actually go race on and do something similar at Texas. I don't understand why we can't do that because you're, we talked about it last week with Justin Haley. You're in the corner longer at the, those corners are huge at Texas. So you're in the corner a very long time. Why, why can't we go in there and make it more racy? Because it used to be awesome. I mean, when you go back, look at the victory photo from when Elliot Sadler won Texas in man, probably Oh three, Oh four. He and Casey Kane are door to door and Casey was running the high line. And Elliott was on a low line, and it was an amazing race for the finish. That there's just that's not the case now. When when you come out yesterday and you did your restart, if you were fast, you could drive up to twentieth. But once you got to twentieth, you were froze. And then if you were already inside the top twenty, wherever you ended up on your strategy and your pit cycle and your restart, wherever you ended up, if you could get in the resin and just rip the top, nobody was passing you. 
Moving on. Joey Logano says super speedway racing is not racing because drivers finishing up front are the ones riding around in the back. Do you believe you should be rewarded for not working is what he said. Spot on, spot off, Brett. Uh, I'm spot off. Um, you know, nobody makes Joey Logano go up there and, and race hard. Uh, I think it's part of his mentality, part of who he is as a person. And he's obviously had a lot of success as a, as a plate racer. Uh, I think right now they're probably in the fastest plate cars that are out there. Um, but I'm, I'm spot off. I think everybody's got to, got to just weigh their own risk. Right. So, you know, if I'm Justin Haley and I'm going into this race, I'm going to race my tail off in, in every facet of the race. But when there's five laps to go in stage one and five laps go in stage two, I'm probably going to bail because why would I tear my car up? Why would I wreck when points aren't that important to me? I think it's more important to get to the end of the race because a guy like Justin Haley, you know, obviously full-time this year, he needs to get experience and he needs to learn, learn the tendencies of what the other drivers do in certain situations. And they need to learn to trust him. You can't do that riding around in the back. You got to get up in there. You got to mix it up with them. But once you say, there are five laps to go in stage one. He has nothing to gain, only everything to lose because the odds of them wrecking are higher potentially than they've ever been because you're going to have – this is – I don't want to say it's the most dangerous plate race of the year, but it's the most – Aggressive. The dangerous in terms of wrecks can happen um, because these points have not been more important than they are for these playoff drivers. That The playoffs are cramped. I mean, you, you look at who's who's out. There's two guys that are out by 30 points with Bell and Bowman. Everybody else is squeezed in. But let me tell you something. If Bell or Bowman goes out there and wins stage one and wins stage two, they're right back in it with the points. So everybody that's a playoff driver has got to be crazy, crazy aggressive to end these stages to try to get points. Yeah, we see, you know, you talk about Daytona being the cutoff race. But when we get there, like there's a majority of the field is going for the win. And there's usually, like I think we saw this year, it was two guys, right? It was Truex and and Blaney that needed stage points. Now you've got 12 guys, 13 really, if you count Bubba, that that need stage points. Um, So, you know, the the heightened, it'll tense up there. But like we, I feel like we see this and we see this topic every year about whether or not the super speedway should be in the playoffs. And it absolutely should be. I think we should run one track of every one of our disciplines in the playoffs. And we have, you know, mile and a half. So we have short tracks, road courses, a mile track and a super speedway and they're all in the playoffs and they should be because that's that's what we do all year long um and to brett's point like if joey doesn't want to get caught up in a wreck because people were being aggressive he can go back there and, and quote unquote not work with the rest of the guys that are riding in the back it's just it's a strategy play it's no different than every race we go to you have different strategies and some guys me and bubba we've talked about this a thousand times we are on the aggressive side. Joey is the most aggressive plate racer there is out there. Um, and we are aggressive because we feel that gives us the best chance to win the race. These guys that ride around in the back, the Corey, the joys, the Ryan priest did it for a while. Um, there's a lot of guys. We saw the last race. People were making millions of dollars on the Rick Ware cars and, and BJ McLeod finishing the top 10. They're not going to finish top 10 if they go up there and try to race all day long. Um, you know, so that that's their play. That's their, they might not win the race, but they're, if you are right, are you on the racetrack with a clean race car with five to go, you're going to be in the top 15. You're probably going to be in the top 10. Um, so listen, I, you know, if I don't understand what jo- Joey of all people is, he's literally the most aggressive plate racer. So if he's talking, I, I get why he thinks that it's not right. If he wrecks being aggressive and then these guys just collect finishes, but I, I can't really get on board with that. I'm definitely spot off. Yeah, I don't know the sense that he said it's not racing 
but it 100% is racing. Yeah. Do you see, to your point with all of the playoff drivers really fighting for stage points, do you see them staying in the back and then going towards the front at the end of each stage, which could cause a wreck, or do you see it being no, consistent? You can't. You can't. You don't ever know, man. I mean, I've seen Denny uh, before take the green and go to the back and ride around, and, and obviously, you know, halfway through the stage, decide to make his move. I've seen Logano blocking like crazy up front the whole race. I, I don't not see – let me rephrase that. I see Logano, Blaney, Ross Chastain. I see them guys – buckling them belts up tight as they can get them and racing every single lap like it's the last lap and trying to keep track position, trying to stay in the front. But, I mean, there is no perfect recipe. I, I've been very fortunate to have some success at plate tracks in my career, but I've been wrecked leading, literally leading the race and got wrecked. I've been wrecked riding around in the back trying to miss a wreck because you start, you call a caution out and you say, hey, spin in front of you, da 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 Next thing you know, a lap car with a bad spot or a bad driver drives through the back of you and just destroys your car. So there is no perfect recipe. If there was, we'd all do the exact same thing. It's, yeah. it's, it's all about timing. It's all about um, how aggressive these guys are, and they're going to be aggressive. Yeah, you can't, you can't win a race. You can't win stage points. You can't – if you're not aggressive – you're not going to be able to run around the back and get stage points. You know, that's just, there's no way to go, all right, there's five to go, I'm going to drive back up and then the front because by then it's usually two and three wide and there's not a lot of momentum. There's not a lot of places to go. So if you're not aggressively in the top, like I think if we're, like normally if I'm running 15th or worse with Bubba and I see there's not really lanes moving and we get to like three or four to go, to Brett's point, I'm, we, get, we bail out normally because there's just nowhere to go. And if you do try to make something happen, that's usually when you put yourself at the highest risks. I mean, if you listen, like the, to Joey's point about these races, and this goes across all racing. It was the first rule I learned in racing. To finish first, you first must finish. That's the last thing I say to Bubba every race before. If you listen to the radio, it's be there at the end. You got to be there at the end. And that's what these guys do. They maximize their ability to be there at the end of the race. Drivers like Bubba, drivers like Joey, we're putting ourselves at a much higher risk to try to win the race versus be there at the end. Because listen, like to Brett's point, you don't know majority of the time the wreck happens up front or, you know, mid, you know, 10th or so, you know, where the eye of the storm is, but I, I have no, there's no reason to knock these guys for doing what's best for them by saying they're, they're back. They're not working. That's it. That's asinine to me. Well, if I'm a fan, I won't want to miss this one for sure. Now this will be to the, you'll get your money's worth. But again, you got a guy saying, we're not racing at Talladega. Is that going to help sell tickets? Is that going to help get viewership? No, it's not. I promise you they're racing at Talladega. It is going to be exciting. Um, the fact that, listen, most drivers come into the sport and they like plate racing. But then once they get older and they get kids and they realize how dangerous it is, then they start hating plate racing. And I think I've said this before, you know, Elliot in his last year's uh, driving, he said to me in the motorhome, he said, I know me and you are really good at this together, but I hate this. <laughs> and we went out and won the race that day. Uh, doesn't mean that, doesn't mean he loved it, right? Because, but again, you, your risk level as a driver goes up a wrecking at that track and you're out of control a lot of times as to how that wreck starts and whether or not you get in it. That's hard to swallow, but it's part of what we do. Four times a year we do it, five if you want to count Atlanta. What's the protocol for cautions if a hurricane's approaching the racetrack? <laughs> uh, just let me get the lead and we'll, we'll throw the checker. Okay. NASCAR <laughs> in the past has done a great job of monitoring these types of scenarios very closely. I remember being at Richmond 
and they simply canceled everything for a day or two, you know, put us on hold, did the same thing at Atlanta, I believe, years ago. So I have full confidence that they're not going to ask us to fly into a hurricane to get to Talladega to do tech. I have full confidence that they're going to monitor this and 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 for once not let TV dictate what we're going to do. If we need to move the race to Monday, move the race to Monday. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is safety for everybody. That is for the fans. And look, our fans are crazy. They're 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 awesome, but they're awesome crazy. They'll show up hurricane, or hurricane. Not, They're going to show up with their fifth wheels and their pop-up campers and their Coleman tents. They don't give us – they're crazy. So we got to help them not be put in a bad situation. We've got to monitor this situation very closely. And literally, we're not going to open our campgrounds until this day and this time. Do not bring your RV. Do not bring your travel trailer. Do not bring anybody. Stay at home until we know what's going on. So I think NASCAR in today's world and and having experienced what they've done in these situations in the past, I think they make – the right move. The hard part is it's a hurricane. God only knows where it's going. I don't even think God knows where it's going. It's shifted like further south even in the last hour as I look. So yeah. it, it goes back and forth. Hey, Door Bumper Clear fans. This is Mike Davis with Dirty Mo Media, and I want to give you five reasons why RacingUSA.com is our favorite store for NASCAR merchandise. First, NASCAR fans have rated RacingUSA.com Google's top source for NASCAR merchandise, so you can always buy with confidence. Second, RacingUSA.com automatically discounts every order in your cart, so you always get the best price. Third, RacingUSA.com guarantees the lowest pre-order prices, so you do not have to shop around for a better price. Fourth, RacingUSA.com ships all in-stock orders the next business day, so you can get your order faster than anyone else in the industry. And fifth, RacingUSA.com has a wide selection of current season hats, apparel, die-cast, and novelties for the sport's most popular drivers. You can find products that are not available elsewhere, like the exclusive Door Bumper Clear Justin Algar autographed die-cast that sold out in less than two weeks. Fans, RacingUSA.com is Door Bumper Clear's choice for NASCAR merchandise, and we want it to be yours as well. So whenever you need a new hat, t-shirt, die-cast, helmet, or novelty to show your support for your favorite driver, we want you to shop at RacingUSA.com, where you are always somebody special. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Oh, TJ's cool, and Freddie kisses. Hamlin's ass every chance he gets. AC's beautiful, but she never ever picks her up. But Briscoe forgot that he had breaks. Now the pasta's getting hot. Elliot gonna hell. It's time for reaction theater. Man, I get off work, I go home, have me a couple beers, I turn on the NASCAR race, and swear these beers are working way too good. So I feel like I went back in time to the 2008 Brickyard 400 with all these damn tire issues. I mean, oh my god, this is ridiculous. The drivers who are leading the race can't trust it. 
Harvick's going to go off on Goodyear. Oh, this should be a good week next week in Talladega. I think people had some short-term memory loss because that Indy race was way worse. <laughs> that Indy race was what, eight to ten laps? They were blowing tires. Yeah, the problem was Dale Jr. was the one having them, <laughs> the biggest problem, and we didn't want him to fall out of the race, so we had to keep the precautions to keep him in it. But I actually um, I don't recall a lot of violent wrecks. I don't recall a lot of hard hits that day. Uh, I recall NASCAR being backed into a corner and knowing or deciding to throw. Everybody wasn't blowing tires. Robert H. Racing, Elliot Sadler, we were not blowing tires. We were in contention to win that race all day. I was pissed off they were throwing the cautions. Um, you got what you got, right? Um, so I thought NASCAR did a great job yesterday of letting us race it out. But at the end of the day, I thought yesterday was much worse because of the danger aspect. Um, the, the crashes were violent. We know about this car and the drivers complaining about it. So um, having spotted that race at Indy, was it worse from a PR standpoint? Yes. Was it worse from a competition standpoint? No. I thought yesterday was worse. Goodyear needs to get their together. NASCAR spent all this money, got these cars and whatever to run faster in the middle of the corner, but we don't have a tire that can stand it. It's ridiculous. Also, hey, I guess if you guys have a racing incident, you can now just dump people under caution and, and no one gives a I don't fucking understand that. Byron's a baby. Hamlin should have just wrecked him. It is what it is. Goodyear needs to get their together. He ain't wrong about anything. Pandora's box is open on this wrecking each other under the yellow right here, though. He doesn't understand NASCAR didn't see it. Um, I, I, I Listen, man. What, what Byron did was wrong. What Denny did after the fact was wrong. What NASCAR did about it was wrong. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Maybe if there's if they do something tomorrow, which I don't know what they do, because listen, you know, Denny didn't get Denny didn't spin William out, but Denny went up there and made contact with him. And if you're asking for penalties on Byron, but, but here's my here's my problem with what Denny did. Denny was not supposed to be up there according oh, to the no. lineup. So if I'm the race director, why am I allowing him to be up there and do the quote David Hoots, the Jimmy Jacket? Had the lineup been set during that time, like already? They, they, they finally called him out somewhere to go around back there near Austin Cindric. But again, why do you think he's up there? Do Should we not maybe investigate that? Um, I don't, we, we, we literally could have a two-hour show. I wish Denny would have dropped in here this morning and hell brought Byron with him. That'd I mean, been we could always add a show this week if Denny would like to join us. Yeah, it's 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 I, I their Pandora's box once again has been blown open and they are going to have to make a really tough decision on what they're going to do here. Because if they do nothing, they are telling oh. these drivers Fair game. Fair game when the caution comes out. If you're mad, just wreck the guy. You won't never see him the rest of the race. William Byron didn't see Denny Hamlin again the rest of the race after the Jimmy Jacket. Jimmy Jacket. If I am the race series director, I am losing my mind on both these guys and I'm putting both of them to the rear. Is what I'm doing in a live situation. But I'm not the race director, and they didn't know what was going on. Actually, I'm not putting Denny to the rear. I'm putting Byron to the rear, and Denny has to maintain where he's at. Yeah, yeah. Denny goes wherever he blended. But, which but, is, but Denny going up there and Jimmy Jacket with him, I'm putting him to the rear for that. Yeah. Yeah. So actually both of them It's essentially the, the same thing. He just didn't spin William out. I'm sending them both to the rear for Jimmy Jacket. I just think it's funny that all race long – they were having Goodyear tires blow out left and right. And then Jason, I mean Tyler, 
crosses the finish line and does a 20-minute burnout, and all the tires stay up. Burnout has nothing to do with load in the center of a corner. Yeah, it's it, it's that they're not related no, at all. I'm sure this guy's a really nice, intelligent, good-looking young man, old man, but a burnout does not wear a tire out in the sense of causing it to fail because of load. Correct. Bless his heart. I like Denny, and I do believe he's Hall of Fame talent. If he can get a championship under his belt at the end of his career. But by God, go punch that <laughs> William Byron in the face after this race. And if you're going to sit here and talk about it, go wreck Raw <laughs> Chastain. Stop giving empty promises and follow through on your commitments. Wreck them both. Fight them both. I don't care. Just punch somebody. Denny has thrown a punch before. Who did he punch? I can't tell you. Oh, that's oh, a secret. That's a secret. I think is it really he, a secret? I think though? you know I, who he punched. I forgot about that. I think you know who he punched. Um, <laughs> look, it. Uh, this is drama, man. This is why we got to play off. This is why people get eliminated. This is this is high stress levels. I think it's fun to see a lot of people siding with Denny because Denny has a lot of people that can't stand uh, him. Yeah, and it seems in this scenario, a lot of people are going anti William Byron. I'm kind of surprised at that. And there, and, and William Byron's a really nice guy. It just goes to show like, you, like probably they, one of the nicest guys. When they put he that is. helmet on He's and awesome. it's all on the line, they lose their mind. They turn into a completely different human being because, yeah. But I, man, whoo! Tomorrow should be interesting, and and and, and the the freaking place is going to get burnt down no matter what. Oh. You're going to have Rick Hendrick on the phone today lobbying his side. You're going to have Joe Gibbs on the phone lobbying his side. Um, Ooh. Joe Gibbs might have a lot of lobbying to do. <laughs> You see, uh, I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. That was not good. No, it was not. I mean, we can talk about it for a second. Uh, yeah, it's listen. in my it's in my notes for. Uh, a while. I didn't know where we were going to bring Let's, it up. Yeah, do what it needs. Okay. <laughs> to leave an audio message twenty four seven, go to anchor.fm slash clear. You'll see the message icon. We'll keep pay- playing the best ones each week on the show. Dirty Mo Media fans, this is IndyCar driver Connor Daly. And comedian Joey Molinero. We're here to tell you about the most honest, unfiltered, and informative IndyCar podcast on the market, Speed Street. Connor and I break down the weekly happenings of IndyCar, our lives on and off the track, and talk a little NASCAR and F1 as well. Dirty Mo Media's newest show is available now on all major podcasting platforms. And be sure to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Speed Street Pod. It is time for the Ask DBC Offer Pad question of the week. Send in your questions on Twitter each week using hashtag AskDBC and we'll answer the best ones. This first one is from Don't We or Do We? Should there be a mandate that all tracks install a wall between the track and pit road to protect the crews and fans, which obviously is in reference to Cody Ware's wreck? Yes. The answer is yes. And I've said this for over a decade. There is no reason we should have an exposed pit road. And yesterday, just scream that. Fortunately, no one was injured on pit road as a result of the wreck. But if you go back and look, man, uh, the 48 pit crew guys, as do all the pit crew guys, they sit on the wall with their back to the racetrack. And if one guy's radio isn't working at that moment in time, and listen to me, it happens, an injury occurs. If there is a car in a pit stall anywhere near there, for the next four pit stalls, people are going to be injured. To Freddie's point, 
We're reactive about a lot of things. If we can have a pit wall outside to protect the crew guys, and it isn't about the fans. The fans shouldn't really be in a position to get hurt, but I'm not saying they couldn't. Um, but if, if you're looking at this thing, we should not have one single pit road that is exposed to the crew guys on tour. If we can have an outside pit wall at Darlington, at Dover, at Indianapolis, at Michigan, we can figure out how to have a pit wall, an outside pit wall at everywhere. And it's really not that hard. You don't need to have obviously a straight edge, but you can have a curved edge, put some tires and whatnot around it to keep the impact softer we have got to fix this today. We should not ever see another car hit pit wall that hard again in our lives. It's it's just dumb luck, and thank God that it wasn't in the middle of a green flag cycle or something what, what like that. What if it's this? What if it's qualifying? Yeah. What if it's qualifying, and that pit road is lined with race cars and crew, and, guys. And crew guys that are pushing their car? What happens if it's qualifying? That was just – you're going to kill people. Like, don't I mean, don't it, forget, this was after, uh, this was, Christopher Bell had been on and off pit road and Christopher's pit was right before it. So it could have been extremely there's bad. too many variables that make this too dangerous. Cody Ware was not, quote, wrecked. He wrecked on his own accord. It appeared that he didn't have control of his race car after he wrecked. It appeared to me he was still somewhat in the gas pedal. And boom, he nails pit wall. We cannot have humans exposed to that risk. And you have the opportunity to fix it. Fix it. This next one is from Jared Coates, 24. Who will Denny Hamlin repay first? And who's the bigger threat to him? What do you guys think? Uh, I don't think, listen, as long as Denny's in the playoffs and Denny is, has a chance to win races, he's not going to retaliate to either one of these guys. You know, I, I think you saw the level of retaliation at Pocono, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna put Ross in a bad spot if they're racing hard with each other. I'm sure he's going to do the same thing to William now, if they're racing around each other. Um, but he's not going to go out of his way to wreck a guy and, and, and potentially, you know, he's still trying to win a championship. If he falls out of the playoffs now and one of them two guys is still in there, maybe then he messes with him a little bit. But you don't want to get into a damn war while you're, tra- you know, six races left and he's still probably one of the fastest cars left in the playoffs. He's got a great shot to win a championship. You're not going to get yourself into a war right now and and risk that. So, if, I mean, he's not going to pay anybody, I don't think, until he falls out of the playoffs. Hamlin is eight points to the good. He's eight points above the cutoff. He's very much so still alive in this championship picture. I think if I'm Denny Hamlin, it comes down to this. How many points did William Byron cost me in that race yesterday? And he and Chris Gaypart know exactly what that number is. If I miss going on to the next round by that many points or less, I'm going to pay his ass back in the next stage because he cost me, he robbed me of that many points simply because I was racing him hard. If I am Denny Hamlin as it pertains to the Ross Chastain situation, once I'm out of the playoffs, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do, and I'm going to pay him back. Yeah, I mean, you're, for one, you're not going to – nobody's paying anybody back this week, nope. obviously, Talladega. Nope. I mean, and if Danny's having a bad day at the Roval and looks like he's going to be out, maybe that's a place you pay a guy back. Martinsville is usually the place a lot of these scores get settled. So, you know, you'll see what happens. But it, like I said, I, as long as he's in contention and in the playoffs, he's not going to do anything. All right, who's our offer pack question of the week? 
Whichever one you like, Casey. I like the guy. I like the guy's "Don't We or Do We" name. That was All good. right, done. It took me a few minutes. They're like, "Oh, that's what that is." <laughs> that's like, that's All right, congrats to "Don't We or Do We" for having this week's offer pad question of the week. Two great questions, though. for us to get to our favorite Xfinity X5 moments from this week. Whether you're behind the wheel or online, speed isn't the only thing you need. So what were your favorite more than fast moments this week? Brett. My more than fast moment is actually TJ and how fast he left the studio before <laughs> we got to talk about the wreck that he and his driver caused in the Xfinity race. <laughs> TJ is swearing up and down that AJ drove through his driver and did AJ not lift? It sure looks like he did not lift as he made contact. But it also looked like to me that, that Brandon Brown did not get up in that hole quick enough. So I'll give my Xfinity X5 more than fast moment to TJ on leaving before we got to this because he and I were literally screaming at each other before the show started about it. One of my favorite things is just to get TJ going and then just watch him talk to himself because I, t- I tweeted, thanks a lot. You know, you got because that we were the ones that suffered out of this. You know, I, I'm sure Brandon got knocked out of the race, but I mean, we got right hooked into the wall and and knocked our race. You know, Landon took a pretty big shot to the driver's side, which is never good, and then knocked us out of the race. So I sent him a text and I was like, hey, thanks a lot. You guys wrecked us. I'm well, you know, what the hell? And then he just continued to post pictures, and like, t- I didn't even answer anymore. I just like to get him talking to himself. Yeah, that's my favorite part about TJ. Uh, we doing X- Xfinity X five. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give mine to Chase Briscoe. Uh, I don't know how in the world they finished in the top five, and this is to the point of that racetrack and this tire and everything else. But they were literally, when I looked back, they were like one of the last three or four cars on the racetrack all night long. And somehow got a top five out of that deal. So kudos to him, his team. I'll give my Xfinity X5 more than fast moment to Chase Briscoe. What TJ say? His Xfinity X5 more than fast moment was uh, his Brad's PR rep. Oh, yeah. What was it? Yeah, I forget. Some forgetting in the bathroom, I think. Yeah. Good job. Good yeah. job. <laughs> Thanks, TJ. Here on Door Bumper Clear, being more than fast is a way of life. Thankfully, there's plenty of weekly action for our Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. You know what else is more than fast? Xfinity X5. With the speed for all your devices, you also get the reliability and security that keeps your crew connected and protected. With Xfinity X5, you can do more of what you love with faster internet and a powerful and secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for even more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. And Casey, don't forget to vote for your favorites. As always, thank you to Xfinity, proud premier partner of NASCAR. What an idiot. Oh, time for What an Idiot, which I imagine this might be a long one. Oh, boy. I remembered I have like six. Remember I said I didn't have any when I got here? I, I, the whole show, I've oh. just been accumulating them. You're like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I What's remember you? that one now. I remember that one. I now. gave this guy a What an Idiot, I think the last time we were at Talladega, because I said he was flipping me off yeah. or flipping somebody off as he caused the wreck. He called me. And he said, I want to talk to you about it. I wasn't flipping anybody off. And I said, okay, you weren't flipping anybody off. Your hand was out the window. And I take back the fact that you were not flipping anybody off. You were Props. shaking your fist or whatever it is. Props for um, calling. Major, major maturity on this kid's part over the course of the last uh, several months. Had opportunity to walk into the Bristol racetrack, say hello to him. But Ty Gibbs cannot and should not be swerving at drivers on purpose 
on pit road. And I realize he's got his helmet on. I realize he's going to say he had no idea that people could have been harmed when he did what he did, but he's just got to mature again on this level here. Because if you're on pit road, people are also always in some way, shape or form on pit road and on the side of the wall where the cars are. It's essentially like pitting a race car on I-77 here in Charlotte. That's what it's like. You're, you got people running around on the interstate. So on the interstate, you can't be swerving at each other when you know you might hurt somebody. I think he's going to go back and see that replay. I think he's going to learn from it. I think he's going to mature from it. And I think he's going to be really, really sorry that he made that mistake and had that lapse in judgment. But because he did it, I got to give it. I still love you, Ty, but I got to give it to you, man. What yeah. an idiot. We've seen, like you talked about, we've seen Ty mature, and there's this these little moments where like anytime he has a moment to think now, like if he's, if it seems like he does the right thing, but we've seen these little moments of when something happens, he reacts immediately and, and, and it's, and it's been wrong a couple times. And to your point, yeah, it just can't happen. I saw it yesterday during the race and I was like, Ooh, that was a, that was a bad look. And then the video looks even worse from the, from the end of pit road. But so I can't disagree with you there. Um, two of mine for one, did you see this? I, I mean, I'm, I guess he's an idiot. Uh, Andrew Grady from Martinsville went viral this week for, I mean, he is waylaying this guy while he's sitting in his car, punching the hell out of him with his helmet on. Where do you think that's getting you? Like the guy's got his helmet on. I would like to know what his, and then he punches him about 27 times in the head with his helmet on and then steps back and just kicks the door. Yeah. What does that feel like with a racing you know shoe that on? Hurts that driver. I mean, that he'd be lucky if he didn't break his foot <laughs> with a. I mean, you're talking about a, you ain't wearing a sneaker. You're wearing a damn racing shoe. There's not a lot of support there, um, but that's really not. I can't give him my ultimate one idiot. And unfortunately, I don't know. This is probably going to get me called to the hauler. But oh god, my one idiot has to be who's ever in control of the NASCAR weekly racing series to where we have a champion that it thinks he won the championship on the Saturday night when the racing's done. And then he gets called on Tuesday and said, actually, uh, just kidding. We went back and, and reviewed some finishes here and there. And uh, you didn't actually win. We're going to give it to this other guy. And listen, this, I'm going to be honest, this NASCAR weekly racing series deal has been a joke for a long time with guys filling the field with their own cars and sticking guys out there to start and park. Like you've got to do a better job of figuring this out. And there's no way, you can go into the last night of the last weekend without a cut and dry, clear picture of what each guy needs to do. Because they were racing on the last night, they raced each other which, head to head. Which driver thought he won the championship? So Peyton Sellers thought he won the championship. He thought he needed to do, I mean, I could go into an hour long conversation about what he needed to do, but he won a race at Old Dominion Speedway last week on Saturday night against Lane Riggs. Heads up, Lane Riggs, son of former driver Scott Riggs. Um, he beat him heads up, thought he made up the difference in the points to win the championship. They went back and reviewed it and came back and said, back in uh, August and sometime, uh, you had a guy driving one of your cars that didn't technically have an NASCAR license, so we're deleting his two finishes, and you actually lost. Instead of, I think they tied, and he had the tiebreaker. So instead of actually tying, you lost by four points. And it, wow. it's like, you know, this is this whole deal has just been a joke, but I don't understand. Like if you're going to moving forward, please, please, please. Before we if you want to do audits and check all these score finishes out, do it before the last night. So these guys know what they have to do the last night, because I assure you, Peyton, if Peyton would have known he was down by six or eight instead of four, 
he would have because he took he sat out the second race or drove a different car or something thinking he had the championship locked up so it's the whole thing's a game and it just needs to be cleared up it's super convoluted it's always been that way i mean i remember one guy won a greenville pickens because i think he fielded the entire field at one point and beat keith rocco <clears throat> but it's just you know it, the whole deal is a joke it's been a joke for a long time and it's just they're not helping themselves this year at all all right, let's move on to DBC picks. Well, Freddie wins DBC picks at Texas with Ryan Blaney. Brett leads with six wins. Jason, eight. That's eight. Oh, eight. Sorry. J- Brett leads with eight wins. Jason and Freddie tied for second with seven. TJ in third with five. And I'm in last with four. You can beat TJ. I was going to say, we should just let her win. You can, you can beat TJ. Honestly. We should just let her win a no, couple weeks. No, it's fine because... Reddick told me who to pick last week and he screwed me and he already agreed to help pay for dinner. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm he's just trying to come to dinner. <laughs> you know, he said he's going to, he's like, if I can go, I'll but help just pay. Just try to be TJ. Just try to be TJ. Yeah, let's go. Six weeks. All right. Who, uh, who did TJ pick? TJ picked uh, Ryan, Blaney. Ryan Blaney. All right. I'll go with Bubba. <sighs> what That's the what I was gonna sons of uh, Jason. I'll pick Austin Cedric. Right. I have been ice cold. Freddie has been hot. I mean, he's got a bunch of good picks here. He's got like a second, fourth, and a fourth. I thought I was going to have this thing yesterday, man. Larson was one of the faster cars. I don't know if I want Logano or if I want Hamlin, but I got to be I got to be aggressive here. Um, Denny seems to be there at the end. I'm going to go with Denny. I am going to take Brad Keselowski. Like it. Heading into Talladega. No, we talked about this a lot. What do you guys think we can expect besides some really tight stage ends? I think you're going to see just a crazy race. You know, I, I hate the comment um, from years ago when somebody said, we're not in the racing business, we're in the entertainment business. I still feel like our hard, hardcore fans and our fan base are racers at heart, and they want to see a good, pure race. And that's what you're going to get this weekend. It's going to be... Um, I would be, if I were a driver, I would be very methodical in how I manage the first half of those, those two, two, first two stages, stage one and stage two. Like I'd almost like to go tell my buddies, Hey, there's no need us all wrecking right here, you know, on lap 10 and destroying all our cars. Uh, they do have a driver group chat. If I were in that group chat with them, I would say, Hey, let's try not to do a lot of three and four wide. Is it really going to be worth it? But if you're a Todd Gilliland, you might not give a shit what the playoff drivers have going on. So there, there's a lot of different strategies, a lot of different goals. Obviously, a playoff driver has yet to win a playoff race. Tyler Reddick's out of playoffs, and he won this past weekend. So uh, will we see a trend where will, – what will this be, four in a row? Where a playoff driver – It would be five if another one wins. Yeah, so I, I just think a lot of great storylines. I think the minus the tire debacle that's kind of put a black eye – on us as an industry, you know, and, and I put that black eye more on the garage and I do the fan. Like if I'm a fan and, and I'm watching yesterday, if my favorite driver wrecks, yeah, I'm going to be mad because it's my favorite driver. But the fans don't need to worry about those kind of things. They need to worry about sitting down, watching a good race, watching these guys give it their all. And that's what you're going to get at the end of stage one with 10 to go, the end of stage two with 10 to go, and the majority of stage three. And if you get to go there too, Talladega does a great job of – really having entertainment over the course of the weekend. It is a fun weekend for sure. Yeah. And we, t- you know, we've talked about in, in the past, these guys are, these drivers are, you know, 
they can be superheroes. You know what I mean? And and we talked about just just their mindset and and we know the inherent dangers of these cars. And we heard Noah Gregson talk about he's not going out there because he's worried about wrecking himself. You're going to see guys laying it on the line this week, knowing that there's a, a a much higher risk for a wreck at much higher speeds, but they don't really seem to care because they want to win the race. And and this is this is just the mindset of these drivers. They're like if you can't respect these guys for climbing in these cars and and running the speeds they're going to run on Sunday and so even Saturday or throughout the weekend, um, you know it's 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 pretty remarkable that they can do that with a clear mind and and knowing what we know about these cars and stuff already. Uh, just for them to buckle in and, and give it their all. And, and you'll see Joey Logano, you'll see Bubba, you'll see Danny, you'll see these guys being making super aggressive moves early in these races and throughout the whole race, really, knowing that, that, that they're just kind of throwing, throwing caution to the wind and, and doing whatever they got to do to win the race. It's going to be in the 70s all weekend. Fall brawl weather, uh, nice break from a 90 degree Ugh. heat. Uh, they are calling for some rain, obviously, from that hurricane. Keep your eyes on that. But, man, uh, there's nothing better in the month of – of October, you know, to, to be in the South, all the college football games going on on a Saturday, NASCAR racing going on on a Saturday. The next day you got all the NFL games and a freaking cup race Talladega. Like if you're a sports fan, what a great weekend. I personally would pick Talladega over going to an NFL game. Having done a lot of sporting events in my life, I would set up camp. I would have my TVs to watch the football. I'd be on top of an RV drinking a cold beer watching a race live at Talladega. It's one of the best experiences as a sports fan you'll ever have. Trust me, Talladega in October when it's raining is a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all so much, as always, for listening. Thank you to our incredible presenting sponsor, OfferPad. And Monday show will be a good one. Yeah. We got uh, Charlotte the week after, which is always fun. A lot of good things to do here in Charlotte for people that are coming to town. A lot of fan days. Freddie and I are heading up to the colleague fan day for that week. Jerry, I'm doing anything, Jason? You know of? Not that I know of. So it's just, it's awesome, man, to, to, to race back home. So I look forward to these two weeks a lot. I mean, it's when, when the schedule comes out, you're like, man, I love going to Talladega and I love being home in Charlotte. So uh, kick off October in a very fun way. Obviously, Brett's Cancer Awareness Month. You'll see a lot of NASCAR support in that space for that. Um, I love the month of October. One of my favorite months. The leaves change colors. The cool gets cooler. Mint spice latte season. Gets closer to deer hunting season. Like, let's go. All right, have a great week, guys. We out, holla. Word. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. Check out Dirty Mo Media. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.